0: Can you believe we are in December? I don't think I can remember a year that's ever gone so fast, probably because, look, this is just for the history records for when we listen back to this podcast in years to come. But 2022 started off crazy with all the vaccine mandates and the COVID going through the roof and everyone being locked down. And here in Queensland, we had floods after that. And it felt like the year didn't get started until March. So I feel like we're three months behind Anyway, guys, thank you for waiting for this episode. Uh, If you guys are, I know some of you just religiously, uh, you know, wait for these episodes to drop every Wednesday, every Friday, a little bit late today, because guys, I know you will forgive me. We're renovating our kitchen. I'm so excited. We've been in our house for over 10 years and um, I'm a clean freak and I believe in looking after what I have, but our bathrooms and our kitchen definitely needed a reno. So anyway, we've got no kitchen at the moment. It's totally been ripped out. Um, and so I feel because I'm so orderly, routined, I feel a bit all over the place in my brain. So I'm a little bit behind, but I always never miss an episode. I think I've missed one Friday a few months back. But anyway, so here we are. And what I want to talk to you about today, and I have no doubt that you guys were very excited when you saw this title about uh, getting a break from your kids. So let's let's just admit it, right? Like, we need a break from our kids. You are not a bad mother. You are not a bad father. Uh, If you feel like I need a break or I'm going to go insane, because this is the thing I really, that really surprised me the most about having kids. And that was how 24 seven it is. Um, I never switch my brain off even during the night, you know, especially us moms, We are on all the time. I mean, I would just hear my kid whimper or cry or a footstep and I would like shoot out the bed at a million miles an hour. And then all day long, I feel like this now with my puppy, guys. I'm right back there. I feel like I can't switch off. Because I'm constantly looking after this tiny creature that's just dependent on me. And um, I remember with my kids when they were little, saying to Cameron, because I used to be the one mostly that would get up early um, because he's a bit of a sleeper. <laughs> um, but I'd be like, I need to sleep in. And he was really good. Like, if he knew I needed to sleep in, we'd kind of share it around. But anyway, I want to talk about how you can uh, get a uh, breaks and keep your sanity. But I just wanted to start off by saying, don't feel guilty for the fact that you feel like you need a break from your kids. But one thing I wanted to address first was I hear this phrase a lot, uh, particularly this generation of parents. I didn't really hear it when my kids were little or amongst my friends, but this whole, I need some me time. I don't know. Do you guys like use that? Is that something you hear or feel like? Maybe you've heard it so much you feel like it's a thing. Like, oh yes, I need some me time, but it kind of it just never resonated with me. Like, I I get it, right? I know what parents mean when they say that. They mean I need some time to myself. I need time just to be me, and I understand and I hear you. But for me, using that frame that that phrase, me time. I don't know. I just can't get the past the fact that it just kind of sounds a little bit more self-indulgent than just using the word, I need a break. Like the whole kind of me time, I guess, with the focus on me, me, me. I, I don't know, but I get it. Guys, please don't be angry with me for saying this. This is just, just my automatic kind of how I feel when I hear that. Um, it's almost like you're saying, well, I can't be me when I'm with you because I've got to have me time to be me. So for me though, becoming a mum was me. Does this make any sense whatsoever? Like it made me the most me that I'd ever been. And in my mind, I don't have to be separate from you as in my kids to be me. Now I know that becoming a parent, it is exhausting and it is tiring because like I said, it's so 24 seven but it's also really, really good for us because it means my life is no longer about just looking out for me. Parenthood really, as you would know, it is about the ultimate sacrifice of I am no longer first. I mean we can't be, right? When we've got this other little human who relies on us for their very existence. Now a lot of the conservative people I love listening to, they actually address this. People like Dennis Prager and Jordan Peterson, they talk about how becoming a parent is so good for us and it is challenging in the sense that it flushes out the selfish part of who we are. So I think when I hear that phrase or that that concept of me time, to me, that just puts us right back, right back there. And I really agree with uh, Jordan Peterson, Dennis Prager, when they say that becoming a parent, it, it is so good. It makes us grow up because we can't be focused on ourselves. So me time was not part of the vocabulary, but I would say that I'm actually really grateful and really glad that it wasn't a concept, it wasn't a phrase, it wasn't a thing when I was a young mum. Because I do feel that when a young generation of parents keep hearing that, oh, you need me time, you need me time, that the picture or the imagery that that kind of conjures up in our minds is that somehow life is this tussle between, you know, what I want and what my kids demand of me. And I don't think that's a helpful way to approach parenthood. You know, I wanted to enjoy being me when I was with my kids because, hello, I am going to spend most of my time being with them. Does that make sense? So for me too, a few hours a week of this me time, it, it just didn't cut it for me. And this is maybe different personalities, but I was the kind of mum who needed little breaks often, not just like an hour or two once a week. Now, maybe you roll differently and big chunks of time do work for you. Um, but I also didn't have the luxury and you might be in this position too, because we'd moved states when my kids were really little and we moved away from our entire support network and I couldn't have me time even if I wanted it I couldn't drop my kids off somewhere we were together 24 7 so I had to work out other sustainable ways but I must say I really liked it this way and to this day it really suits the way that Cameron and I roll with our family you know, I didn't, I didn't want to, I mean, it's, it is healthy to let our kids see that the world doesn't revolve around them, but I also didn't want my kids to somehow pick up the message that I was somehow, you know, happier when I was by myself. So anyway, these are all the things that go through my brain. I do think about things. So I wanted to talk to you about how I managed this. How did I manage to have no support network around me and yet still get a whole stack of little breaks that really did keep my sanity. Um, I have a bit of a theory in my life, a bit of a mantra I live by called little and often. I do that with my cleaning. I do cleaning little and often, a little, a little bit every day, help keeps the house clean. Um, but I also took this approach with having breaks with my kids, little and often, So when we do have that space, it is refreshing. And it's actually, like I said, really good for our kids to learn that the world doesn't revolve around them every second of the day. So... one thing you need to know is it's a really great idea to actually schedule regular breaks in. And I'm going to give you four or five easy ways to help do that throughout your day. Otherwise, we do get exhausted and it can lead to feeling resentful that these little humans who we absolutely adore with all of our hearts have invaded every second of every moment of us. And I really get that. I do. And break time should be really good for you, but it also should be really good for your kids. You know, break time could mean you going out for short periods of time if you have the luxury of someone else to watch your kids, or what I did was more to have uh, scheduled break times while we were together at home. And you know that I always say to you, everything's a life lesson for your kids, right? Making the bed, everything. Well, this is a life lesson too, and I want to show you how. And it's important to do this because if you don't, guys, I know what you do. You go and lock yourself in the loo, right? You lock yourself in the loo, the one place you can lock the door without feeling guilty, but usually even then, your little ones are wandering around outside the door, whining, waiting for you to come out, or they're somewhere in the house calling, Mom, Mom, where are you? And you're like, give me five living minutes just to go to the loo. So here we go. I've got, how many have I written down for you? Three, four, oh, five things, five quick takeaways, guys, of how to have little breaks and keep your sanity. And the first one is this, number one, practice the skill of separation. Okay. Separation from each other is is a skill that takes practice. It takes us practice, right, to take a break and not feel guilty, but it also takes our kids some practice to spend some time without us. Now, like anything, I would say that starting this practice early helps because then they become used to it and the separation is not such a shock. And it's also a skill, by the way, That they're going to need when you take them to childcare or kindy or when they first start school. I have had a lot of parents uh, more and more over the years where the children really struggle to separate from their parents uh, to go to school. And so it's a skill that if you start practicing little bits of separation from them early, it's really good for you, really good for them. Number two, having a routine provides you with automatic break times. This is just another reason to have a good routine during your day. I'm a huge advocate of routine in all aspects of life, as you know, because I've not got one right now with having no kitchen and I'm not doing so good. But routine, it is as good for us as it is for our kids, but for many reasons. Having our kids on a predictable schedule, for starters, it means that they're going to have set sleep times in the day. And because they are set in place the same time each day, they're going to learn to take long, big sleeps. And guess what that means for you? It means break time. Uh, I used this very much to get a few things done, But I also would always do something that I really looked forward to. So I remember when Georgia was little, I'd give her lunch, I'd put her down to sleep, and guys, I would watch... Uh, Dr. Phil. That was my favorite thing to do. And I'd grab a coffee and I'd sit on the couch, but do something that you love during their sleep time. That's why it's important to train them to have good sleep times. None of this half an hour cat napping. They should be having good hour, hour and a half sleeps, maybe even two hours. And then you get to read a book, watch a Netflix show, whatever it is that fills up your tank. Now, if you've got older children as well, you can make sleep time, rest time at the same time for them. So insist that while the little ones in bed, that they go into their bedroom for at least 45 minutes for quiet reading or play time. Now, I'll say it over and over, but this is only going to work if they've learned first time obedience and if they've learned to obey your word. Your word, your instruction is the only thing that's going to keep them in their bedroom playing quietly. I mean, what else will keep a three-year-old in their room for 45 minutes looking through books or coloring in or whatever it is that they do, right? Okay. So number three, incorporate periods of alone play time. So again, this is a bit like practicing the separation. Incorporate periods of alone play time, even from when they're very little. Now, sometimes we get the guilts, right? And we feel like we've got to play with our kids and be present and attentive every moment of every day. Guys, if you do that, no wonder you want me time for a few hours. That is exhausting. And while being attentive is great, remember the life lessons that we're teaching them, it's also great for them to learn to play alone, to be alone, to entertain themselves, to not always have to have company. So when they're little, here's a really great idea to do this. And I used to do this with my kids. I used to set up their portacot, cot or you could do a playpen. You can get some really good ones now. I would set it up in the lounge or wherever you want. I'd put some toys in there and I would pop them in there and give them some time to play alone and make sure, by the way, that they can't see you. Now, you might want to kind of, you know, pop your head in and just check that they're safe, of course. But really, I'm in a playpen with a couple of toys. They're safe. Um, so you might hover a little bit, but don't like let them see that you're there. Let them have some time to entertain themselves. And guys, guess what? If they cry and they whimper and they winch a little bit, don't jump in to go and grab them out and go, there, there, mummy's here. Like, I mean, you could say from a distance, mummy's here, like at first, because you want to obviously train them slowly. You could be like, mummy's here, you're fine. And keep going about what you're doing. Okay, be strong, be strong. And just set small amounts of time. But let them do this so they learn to entertain themselves. And once they do, guess what? There's another break time for you. Now, if they're a little older, the playpen time can become room time. Tell them it's room time and teach them to play in their rooms. Let them know that uh, you're going to let them know when room time's over. Again, obedience. If they've learned to obey your word, they'll do this. Um, but obviously this is when they're old enough and their room is safe for them to be in. Okay. So that's number three. Number four, set up an activity for them. Now I used to do this all the time, particularly when they're a bit older and they're not having their sleep times as much. Set up an engaging activity and tell them while you play, mummy's going to have a coffee or whatever it is that you're going to do. It is really good for our kids to know that we need a break, right? So tell them, mum needs a little break so or dad needs a break. So, well, you do this, I'm going to, and whatever it is you're going to do. Now, guys, let's be honest. One of my kids was a really big talker. This one talked from noon, from, from, from dawn till dusk. So I used to tell this child, Mummy loves listening to you, but mummy needs a break from talking now, so mummy would like some quiet time. This really worked because I'm a quiet person. I, George, is a quiet person as well. Like we can be together for hours and not really say much, but we love being together. Um, and so if you've got a talker and you're quiet, that can be really exhausting. But you don't have to be mean and nasty, but you can actually be honest with them and say, Mummy needs some quiet time now. Um, and do you know what? I'm really glad that I did that because this child of mine, uh, I knew that he would also need that skill when he went to school because no one wants a friend that hogs the conversation and talks incessantly. So again, you're not being mean. you're teaching life skills. And number five, um, when you have break time, set a specific time and make it visual. okay? When you're taking a break, give them a time frame. And stick to it. The reason is they're going to stop. It's it actually stops their whinging and their whining and them coming up to you a million times to see if break time and their activity time is over. If they've got a time frame and you stick to it, uh, then they know that, okay, well, this is just for a short amount of time. And so it really will put a stop to the whinging and the whining and the asking. Now, just remember when they're young, they don't know the concept of time. So if you say just for five minutes and then you take 30 minutes, that's not really helpful. That's not teaching them the concept of what five minutes is. So if you say, we're going to take five minutes, then take five. If you say we're going to take 10, then take 10 because otherwise what you'll get is if you say "Mummy's going to have a break for five minutes, but in their brain, five minutes is a very long time because it's really actually you doing half an hour. They're going to complain and winch because it's too long. So just remember they're young. Okay. They've got short attention spans as well. So your break times need to fit around that. But if you start small, you can extend it. Older children can obviously go longer, but it does help too to make the times visual. So you could use a timer. I would often use my microwave, and um, they knew that uh, they would hear the beep, and that would be um, break time over. Or, um, or you could say you could put like a, a clock in there in their room, for example, and just say I want you to play with your blocks until the big hand moves to the six. This is how I got my kids to stay in bed longer, by the way. When we first moved to Queensland, guys, the sun came up at like 4.30. My kids would come up to me. I remember Ashton, would, he was two, two and a half at the time. He'd hop out of bed, quarter to five, and he'd be like, hi, Mum, I'm awake. And I'd think, dear Lord, I'm not awake. It's quarter to five. And so I would um, put a clock in his room and say, when the little hand is on the six, you can come out and see Mummy." And then guys, you can extend it, extend it to seven, whatever it is that you want. So anyway, but I promise you, as you work on those things, let me just tell you those five things again. So number one, start practicing the skill of separation and start early. Number two, have a routine because it will provide you with automatic break times. Number three, incorporate periods of alone play time, use a play pen, use a room time, whatever it is. And number four, set up an activity for them and demand that they finish the activity. Okay. That's really good. By the way, as a teacher, I can tell the kids whose parents have made them sit through and finish activities, as opposed to the kids that were allowed to wander within, you know, a couple minutes from activity to activity. They've, they struggle more with their schoolwork. Number five, set up a time and stick to it and make it visual. So I promise you, as you work on this, your kids will get really good at playing alone or at playing with each other. And then you'll just get more and more breaks. And I think that's why I didn't need these big hours of me time. Now, guys, I'm not saying that. Um, please hear me you know, I would love if Cameron would look after the kids and I'd go out with some friends to the movies, right? Like I would love that. Everyone everyone needs that. But I didn't crave this alone me time. I loved being home. I loved being with my kids because I wasn't having my, uh, all of me uh, demanded of 24 seven. So, you know, and like I said, great skill for your kids to learn. My kids would literally play for hours together. they—they, they, I've got so many photos of all the crazy Lego cities that they would build and I would sit and I'd watch and have coffee or I'd join them for a bit, then I'd do my own thing. And you know, if this whole thing sounds too good to be true and you think, oh my gosh, my child would never do that, please take heart and just start slowly. You have to build trust with them. You know, don't say, like I said, "Mummy needs a break for five minutes. You go play in your room and then you come back a half an hour or an hour later. So start small, build up to longer times. And um, this will also really help with those times that we have to do tasks, right? Like mini separations, for example, when you have to cook dinner or get lunch ready or throw some laundry in. Um, and so you're not going to have kids following you around, whinging and whining, asking where you are because they're used to little mini breaks. Then when you have to actually do something, they will happily go and entertain themselves while you get to actually do what you have to do. So teaching them independence will really help you and it will really help them. Uh, even when I remember when I gave birth to Liam and Georgia was two two years and Months, no, two two years and three months. She was really little, but she was so good because she was so used to having little periods of time playing on her own. And I had a cesarean with Liam, and so there was a lot of things that I couldn't do. Well, you know, you'd you'd be feeding the new baby, and she would have to entertain herself. She would sit next to me on the lounge, and she would play. And so it just makes those transitions easier as well. So there you go. So I hope you understood what I meant about the whole me time thing. I think too because. You know, I work a lot with young adults and young people, and um, I think young mums uh, struggle more. Some, not all, not all, not you guys, but some really struggle with that transition of having kids now because I think young adults are very geared towards um, a lot of, uh, to, to living or to having a, a self, a bit of selfishness or self indulgence, and so I think when they're having kids and all of a sudden. You know, this other little humans demanding of them, they really struggle with that, and so that's probably why I react. I think to the me time because I think, ugh, it's just another kind of self indulgent thing that I think um, the young gen younger generation are probably um, and and it's us. It's our fault. It's the parents' fault. We we've allowed that. Whereas I feel like when when I was parenting, um, and maybe serving in the church helps too. You know, like we were so used to volunteering and helping other people, and so. I don't know, just all of my friends, we never kind of struggled with that whole me time thing. The other thing we did too is we got together often as friends and we brought our kids and we'd go to playgrounds and someone would bring the takeaway coffee. And we just really enjoyed being friends together and the kids would all play and talk. And I don't know, it was just it was just great uh, rather than us leaving our kids behind all the time and having time, me time. So anyway, that's just what I think. I just think that we are happier people when we are more selfless. That's my take on life. And um, so that's what I believe. And I think you guys do too. Otherwise you wouldn't be here listening to this kind of parenting style, which is probably quite countercultural um, in this day and age. But anyway, guys, you are amazing. You're amazing. You're doing an amazing job. Thank you for your messages. I really appreciate it. I'm so glad that this is helping so many people. So I love you guys. And um, look, come along next Wednesday. I'm going to talk about this Balenciaga saga. I'm absolutely disgusted with what's going on and um, we need to protect our kids. So come along. It's a good episode for parents to listen to, but have a wonderful week. Go do some Christmas shopping go have yourself a coffee, go have yourself a break. Love you guys. Bye.